Are you working? Yep. the gridiron show in association with touchdown trips getting you in the game and we're back uh, an enforced hiatus maybe not maybe just lazy who knows but we've had the last month or so off we needed it we've recharged our batteries and we've come ready full of vim vigor and plenty of cracking interviews for you this is the gridiron show Ollie, you're not dancing. I'm both upset and confused by the situation. Sorry, I was intrigued by the tennis which we've got going on in the background as we ha- as we record this inaugural barcast, shedcast, barcast. Uh, shed, mm, tiki cast, tiki. Yeah, we are in the. Well, we, the thing is, we've done a podcast up here before, but it wasn't a bar at that point. It's now a fully fledged proper bar. Yeah. We've got the big screen on. We've got the projector on. Uh, Roger Federer leads two sets to love in the Wimbledon final. And Maran Cilic's foot is absolutely buggered. This is a case of when, not if he takes this third yeah. set. Yeah. Although, uh, as Toby Gillis said on TalkSport and suggested he'd eat his hat. <laughs> that was great, wasn't it? <laughs> if, who was it? Rafa didn't come back and win. Against Gilles Muller. That was amazing. He's not at his hat yet, so I'm not going to make any such promises. Uh, this is the Green Iron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. Ben Mortimer is going to join us on our second pod of the week later in the week. That's right, we're going to do two podcasts this week. I don't believe you. And we're going to get back to doing at least a podcast a week. It's been, we, we went away on holiday, we had the Lions, and, and me and Ollie have just been working crazy busy yeah, for the yeah. last month or so while the Lions tour has been going on, and we've had, we've been doing eight nine kind of shifts a week so we've been insanely busy yeah crazy busy and then then we went to poland uh which was debaucherous riotous riotous and i discovered something new about ollie while i was there and breaking he um he's a wanderer yeah i do like a wander whenever ollie has had just a few too many drinks in him we like on the last night we actually had to attach a glow stick to the back of his little hat because <laughs> yeah. that way we could see him in a crowd because he just he just starts wandering off and like there was a there were girls behind us we were watching a band called Trent Muller who were amazing yeah and um we were all a bit of a mess, but I was sat on the ground, and you and uh, Jeremy, uh, a producer from Talksport Two, who was with us, were um, dancing around. And then you kept just wandering off into the distance, and every like we'd realise you'd gone after like ten seconds, and one of us would get up and chase after <laughs> you. And there was a group of girls behind us who thought this was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Like it's like you were our child or puppy or something, <laughs> and you just kept walking off. Like we genuinely discussed whether or not we could buy one of those child leashes but in an adult size because yeah. we could have done with it the whole week yeah yeah uh what who was your favorite uh well i mean obviously radiohead were amazing um i really enjoyed raw blood yeah. they were really good really surprised by them <sighs> it's it's difficult because whilst i've been at home and not there i've seen arcade fire three times in the last five weeks what? it's very difficult to sorry think. sorry what i've seen arcade fire live three times in the last five weeks three, yeah but i went to one of them and i know you went to another which i decided not to go to but i should have what, what's the other one and i went to see them at the maid studios for bbc radio one as well sorry what with only like 70 people there what Shh, ollie quiet <laughs> um, that's so out of order but but because they are the best live band in the world it, it, it's kind of well, uh, my answer's Arcade 5 and they weren't playing at that festival at least you took your wife right N- don't start okay <laughs> <laughs> not a topic of conversation <laughs> suitable for that podcast <laughs> moving on quickly so Ben will join us later in the week He's, uh, there's lots of great deals if you are looking to travel to the US in the coming season team specific deals to talk about and uh, if you want to join us on our 2017 Gridiron Road Trip there are still a couple of places left the, the nature of the way these things are booked is you slightly overbook by mm-hmm. a few people and they'll allow you a few free cancellations so even though we're fully booked up for the kind of 25 or so people that are coming there are still three or four places so you can still get involved get in touch with ben find touchdown trips on facebook on twitter or at touchdowntrips.com so we're ben- only allowed one piece of luggage luggage each so no one can fit in our suitcases before anyone asks that has been asked of me uh, by who i cannot tell you 
I'll tell you off there. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, we've got, coming up on today's show, we went to the NFL UK Summer Bowl uh, earlier this week. How great was that? It was your, it was your first time... It was out in Chiswick, wasn't first, it? First, first time, time at that new location. They've yeah. been doing it for a few years yeah, now, yeah. and I've been the first couple of years, but I didn't go to Chiswick last year. I was away on holiday when that was happening. Um, and so uh, it's got bigger and better every yeah. year. Yeah. More media every year covering it. Obviously, with four games this year, that meant there were eight players, or meant to be eight players, actually, the... Ben Koak, the tight end from the Jags, got food poisoning and missed like a whole day and a half's worth of promotional stuff. Um, But there were seven players there for each of the teams. Uh, We got interviews with most of them. We didn't get a chance to chat to Stefan Diggs, unfortunately, just because of time-wise. And we had other priorities. But uh, coming up, we're going to have interviews with Tyron Matthew. We're going to have interviews with Joe Petonio. Uh, Johnny Hecker, Brandon Williams coming back on the show. If you've not seen on Twitter, on Ollie, at Ollie Hunter, my attempt yeah, yeah, to yeah. mimic Brandon Williams doing the Carlton dance well, for I his sack it, celebration. I don't think it was a mimic. It was more a... Um, Interpretation. It was an homage almost. You did, <laughs> it, was a, it was a duet in dance. <laughs> You both Something went like for that. it. I Something mean, he like was that. better than you. Yeah, I, I, I felt like if we needed music. If I had music, I'm a man who needs the rhythm <laughs> to work. Without the music, I struggled. Okay. I won't lie. Yeah, sure. Um, that, that made the big difference. If the music had been there, I'd have been on point. Yeah. But it looks weird because we're both kind of dancing to a slightly different rhythm. Maybe if one of us had sung it, should have got Brandon Williams to sing it. I've now forgotten who else we've got. Kenny Stills we spoke to. Yeah, Kenny. Kenny was... Uh, didn't get along with Kenny. He was he's a man of very few words. He was tired. He but was yeah, of everyone was, there. He, he was, was the one who looked like the jet jet lag was hitting him hard. Alex um, Jenkins we spoke to. And Alex Jenkins, who's a really interesting character, he's one of these guys who's gone through the international uh, player pathway program for the NFL. Uh you know, we spoke to Alex Gray on the show recently, who's the former rugby sevens uh and under twenties captain for England, who's now out there with the Falcons. Alex Jenkins is um a bit more of a traditional route. He played football as in soccer. Uh, at a kind of low level not low level but like for academy systems etc yeah. when he was younger realised it wasn't going to be a career saw the NFL realised that like he was a similar body size ended up starting training with a team in Bath I think it was a Bath Aztecs I want to say no Bristol Aztecs Bristol Aztecs apologies. who one I think of, he's from Bath sorry one of our li- Bristol Aztec plays for the Bristol Aztecs there you go so you're going to hear from former yeah. Bristol, Bristol Aztec now defensive end on the practice squad with the New Orleans Saints uh, he was a really he nice a guy uh, no he's a defensive end a defensive yeah end. that's where I talked about Cameron Jordan for about five minutes oh, okay sure there. I wondered why you were talking about Cameron <laughs> not, Jordan him being a tight end not Jordan Cameron the tight end but Cameron Jordan the defensive end <laughs> sure great uh, so a, a nice league mix up there yeah, it's very, all very confusing so uh, we're going to have a few of those interviews in this show and basically there's not really it's not a huge amount of news for us to get to at the moment we, there's really not there's, there's one piece of news that I don't want to talk about you'll know the piece of news I don't uh, it concerns a former Browns quarterback Oh, Johnny Manziel. Yeah, forget that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about that. No, that's fine. We can ignore that. So we're just going to bring you some of those interviews. I mean, we could do it game by game and just play the ones who are... Maybe we could do Wembley on this show and then we could do the Twickenham games on the next show. Or, yeah, in fact, why don't we do that? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So we'll do the Wembley, although we haven't got a Jags interview. But we've had quite a few Jags interviews. We've already spoke yeah. to Leonard Fournette and Cam Robinson yeah. this summer. There was actually the Jags Academy. We could, we could maybe roll out one of those again. Well, the, the Jags Academy was this past uh, week, and I was hoping to go down on the Friday, but unfortunately travel, etc., because it was right out in Uxbridge. It didn't quite work out. But um, Tony Paselli was in the country for that, and I know Nat Coombs was down there doing some bits for TalkSport 2 as well as ESPN and chatting to some of the guys. So um, I think the, the, the people... People who set up the Jags Academy are going to set us up a couple of interviews and we're going to speak mm. to Nat about what it was like and we'll, we'll do a bit yeah. of a feature on the Jags Academy yeah. as well uh, but yeah so that means we'll have Brandon Williams Alex Jenkins Kenny Stills on this show and then later in the week the other interviews Darren Matthew Johnny Hecker uh, Joel Batonio what a great guy by the way What's who? Oh, and then we didn't have Stefan Diggs. Maybe we'll try and get a Viking. Well, actually, do you know what? We've had a lot of Vikings players. We on have as well. had an awful lot of Vikings. Yeah. So three, some would say too many Vikings. Three interviews to show over the next weeks. But actually, saying that, before we do that, um, let's do. We will hear a little bit from Tyrion Matthew because um, this story that's come out in the last week or so, and amazing considering we saw Bruce Arians on Super Bowl week, and he looked healthy, fit, and well, fighting. We chatted to him, had him on the show, and he was in really fine fettle really good spirits wasn't what a, he what a great guy well this amazing news that in february he underwent surgery to remove a cancerous spot from one of his kidneys what? um 
He reveals in his new book. In the book, Arians describes finding out in December that an ultrasound he underwent for a hernia revealed uh, renal cell carcinoma on one of his kidneys. Arians managed to coach the remainder of the season before undergoing surgery to have a small portion of the affected kidney removed. Despite the surgery, Arians managed to attend the scouting combine in February and he was at the Super Bowl, like we said at the beginning of February. It wasn't his first cancer scare in his career in 2007, diagnosed with prostate cancer and had cancerous cells removed from his nose in 2013. So, amazing consider the condition he was in when we saw him and kind of doubly amazing when you remember why Bruce Arians is a head coach in this league again if you look back to mm. the first season for Andrew Luck in the league when Chuck Pagano uh, contracted yeah. cancer and Bruce Arians took over as head coach coached them for that amazing playoff season uh, and then got the Cardinals job off the back of that it kind of all cyclical but fascinatingly talking to the honey, honey badger we'll get that right eventually um, he Arians told Matthew about it back in December. Um, one of the few members of the team that they did. They've got a really key relationship. And yeah, yeah. Let's just hear from Tira Matthew about the situation and about the uh, the removal of the cancer and etc. Uh, when we spoke to him uh, earlier this week. Well, I, I knew last season, um, uh, so uh, I'm not sure who all knew, but um, I knew we. All, I knew personally. He told me what he was going through, and uh, so uh, it was good to see that he got all those things uh, corrected and fixed. And um, so uh, we just really want to play for him this season. Um, you know, we know he, he went through a lot last season. You know, he's one of those guys. You know, it's not hard to play for him at all. So uh, you know, I think you know with, with this news, um, you know, I think it just adds a little bit, uh, you know, fuel to the fire. So. Uh, uh, we definitely want to do it for him this season. He's a great guy. Um, you know, uh, uh, definitely believes in his players. Um, you know, uh, he believes in loyalty and respect and, and trust. And um, you know, I think uh, you need a guy like that. You know, when you're playing in the NFL. Um, you know, he's very relatable. Um, he's been through a lot as well. So uh, you know, uh, he's a great guy to call a leader. You know, he's all about respect. Um, uh, you know, so me and him have uh, really formed a really good relationship. Um, since I've been in the league and uh, we talk a lot, um, uh, rather do we talk about football. Um, so uh, he's been a great influence on my life. Tyrone Matthew speaking there. I spoke with him for a much more, an extended period of time. I'll bring you that full interview on the next show. He tells me when he's fully fit, he's the best player in the NFL. <laughs> it, it's confidence is outstanding, isn't it? Not the best offensive player in the NFL, which apparently he's now also said uh, in a separate interview uh, to the Arizona. The uh, back, now he's back with the Arizona Cardinals for training camp. He's now said he's the best player. Um, but it, it was it's an interesting interview because I ask him, you know, do you feel extra pressure because the size of your contract has meant players like mm. Tony Jefferson and Calais Campbell have moved on, who are both players who are in the top 10 at their position and yeah. maybe higher. So Both of which we'll see in London as well this year. As indeed well. we will, and I asked him about that, and Brandon yeah. Williams, and yeah, all very interesting, really, really good time. But, but going back to Bruce Arians, isn't it incredible? I mean, he was already a hero of mine anyway, but this news comes out, he could have taken the time off, and no one would have begrudged him it in December to get this... Uh, this cancerous cell on his kidney sorted out but he stuck with the team stayed with the team okay the team didn't make the playoffs and I'm sure it's got nothing to do with that there were other issues but isn't that incredible that he decided to continue with the team throughout the you know until the end of the season and then right that's my time off that's when I'm going to sort out my health I just think that's incredible what a hero. What a hero. Love that man. Uh, the only other bit of news, Michael Floyd suspended for the first games of 2017. Interesting, Mike Vimmer said that uh, <laughs> said to Michael Floyd that essentially, if you're lying to me, I will kick the living something out of you. I'm yeah. sure that's what he said. But he has been suspended for the first uh, four games of 2017. Sadly, this news didn't come out before uh, there was a brief opportunity to speak to Stefan Diggs because that would have been quite an interesting conversation to have had with him about uh, had he had inter any interaction with the wide receiver, etc. Um, you know, this is no surprise to see whatsoever uh, the fact that he failed another blood test while he was during during his period of probation mm. um all that stuff about it he drank that very low alcohol uh iced tea drink and didn't realize it contained alcohol and that's why he blew positive or tested positive and it all seems a little bit silly mate, just, just sometimes just own up to it mate yeah. own up to it you know when bruce arians has got rid of him and then bill belichick's got rid of him these are two very clued up savvy head coaches who know when a player is done and 
I'm surprised that the Vikings took a took a gamble on him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we get to the interviews, anything that you want to talk about, Ollie? Anything you want to bring up? Have you had a, a wonderful <laughs> five or six weeks off since we last did a show? Has it been that long? I don't really know anymore. Uh, genuinely, we are going to start be doing the week in, week out again. And we've got yeah, fantasy seasons coming up. So the return of Fancy Darlings. We'll get Neil on oh, yeah, the yeah. line on Skype and we'll do that regularly. Um there's there's you know there's going to be lots of stuff um we should mention as well for gridiron if you've not picked it up the gridiron book oh, yeah yeah i, I started it out. yesterday i found some time to to go through it yesterday it's great six it's appeal really great. on the front old uh, tommy brady but ryan reynolds majoritively written by ryan reynolds it's been exactly a month since we recorded a podcast. i've just checked it myself yeah 30 days <laughs> <laughs> um yeah ryan reynolds has written the bulk of it matt sherry getting involved as well uh ryan the, reynolds ryan reynolds <laughs> that would be amazing ryan reynolds neil a special reynolds. guest <laughs> neil reynolds no relation don't get me wrong big fan of neil reynolds but ryan reynolds <laughs> writing be up great, would it? be incredible there'd um, definitely be a cfl section and, and that there yeah you can get on there you can check that out with uh you can check that out on the website um and you can subscribe and you can subscribe and get the bookazine as part of your subscription or subscribe separately yep. to the magazine and you can pick it up in all good wh smiths etc it's incredibly reasonably priced it's a massive uh, guide with every team covered i would say it's not it, it if you love your x's and o's and you want to go really deep deep into the nfl it's not for you, but it's a great off-season to to build up to, you know, we're in the final stretch almost now of getting into the season. We're going to have the ridiculous uh, preseason games next month as well. But it's a really great way, just to, just a little refresher, who's who, um, what, te- what teams have picked up which players and who they've drafted. It's a very, very good good piece of journalism a really good magazine and a really good guide i can't i couldn't recommend it enough let's not forget we're about uh, eight we're eight weeks away from the season starting today eight weeks from competitive sunday football i know we have the thursday game so just under eight weeks away from the season starting but eight weeks until the first sunday of the season today so it's the perfect time to start getting yourself excited start building up to the season uh, and yeah it's really really worth a read also just the other thing i remembered that happened this week nfl related did you see we got quote treated tweeted by Miko Grimes yeah I did what, what, what was that all about Miko Grimes who had had all of the beef with a friend of the show um, uh, with a well here it is I found it with a friend of the show Greg Rosen, Rosenthal 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 yeah. NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal uh, who oh, I've arranged to pop along and see them when we're in LA I'm going to go and I'm going to see if Matt will let me do a piece for Gridiron on the operation at uh, in LA for the NFL Network That's and good. stuff. That'll pay Spend for, a day there. That'll pay for your, that leg of the uh, of uh, your trip. <laughs> Not so sure it Not will. So sure it will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jarvis Landry said uh, in an interview with uh, with Sherry that went into the uh, the bookazine and is now part of the Reynolds Report. Yeah. On the Gridiron website, this new section which can have daily updates from Neil Reynolds. Um, that Jarvis Landry was quoted as saying. And I'll bring it up. We understand we have to face the Patriots twice the year, but we are not the little brother anymore. Miko Grimes, obviously whose husband has left there, quote tweeted, it's going, the little sister, question mark, with a little strokey chin face. Oh, very good. Well done, Miko. That's the, but maybe the funniest thing Miko Grimes has ever tweeted. Yeah. Well done. Uh, Shall we get to the interviews? Let's do it. Let's start off with Brandon Williams. And yes, there is that video online. You can see it of me dancing with him. But we got to chat to him, caught up with him for five minutes. They play in the first game at Wembley against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars. Well, let's not forget... Our Brandon Williams with him back at the Super Bowl. We said to him, we'd pay him in a heartbeat. We can't believe that the, how important he is, how mm. scheme-specific he is to the Baltimore Ravens, that they haven't already paid him. And, uh, well, this is how the interview started. Brandon, hey, man, I don't know if you remember. We yeah. sat down yeah, at the yeah, Super Bowl. Super Bowl yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, well, the first thing is, uh, we said you were going to get paid, and you got paid. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, thank you to the Ravens, and thank you to Sports Trust and Bill Johnson, Pat Dye Jr., for, you know, all of the... Uh, good things that happen this offseason I mean the team as well as investing in you invested a lot on the defensive side of the ball right. this year top four draft picks bringing in player like Tony Jefferson have you spoken to the Honey Badger about Tony oh yeah I talked to him actually yesterday about him he's like we got a good player and 
you know, he, he's, he's a, he does his work. He's a hard worker. So I'm excited to, and I've seen that, you know, in the OTAs. I've seen that in OTAs. I've seen that in minicamp. I'm excited to see more when we put the pads on. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, I love what you do getting in on that one technique, moving out to three as well on the nickel, all that stuff you do on the line. But you've got a guy as well, 13 tackles for loss. Do you know who he was level with last year? Von Miller. Who, me? Tony Jefferson. Tony Jefferson had was... the same tackles for loss as Von Miller last really? season. Really? Yeah. Because he's a beast, that's why. That's why. I mean, the, the guys, you know, that's the reason we got him because he's so much of a disruptive player, not only in the back end, but coming downhill. I wish I could have told you that you had as many tackles for loss as Von Miller. I'm sorry, Brandon. Nah, that's my bad. It's all good. Uh, how are you enjoying your time in the UK so far? I'm having a wonderful time, having a great time, especially out here right now with the kids. They're doing a great job just kind of soaking up, you know, the, the, the game of football, American football. And, you know, just the passion you see in their eyes, the, the just love and just the thirst for knowledge about the game is amazing. And I love, you know, going out here, teaching them, throwing the ball, catching the ball, you know, running, doing drills and all that stuff. So it's amazing. Has it surprised you, the knowledge? I mean, particularly, I think you did the NFL fan forum last night as well. Yeah. Oh, man, it was it was crazy to see all those jerseys and all those fans just from the UK, just, you know, just so excited about American football. I mean, it was like one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I want to ask you as well, there's been the news over the last month or so, Zach Hall, a player we talked about at the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. has got a couple of second opinions, he's maybe thinking about coming back to play. Now, does that surprise you considering the injury? No, it doesn't surprise me because he's a warrior. He's, he's a modern-day gladiator who loves the game of football. And to me, I mean, I think if, you know, it's up to him. It's his body and it's up to him. If he wants to come back and play, then why not? I mean, if he knows, I mean, everyone knows when you come to the game of football, Injuries will occur. Things will happen. He's been playing with that injury, I guess, since he was a kid. He knew what he was getting himself into once he started putting in the helmet. You know, so um, I feel like more power to him. If he wants to come back, I will welcome him definitely with open arms. And I hope anyone else does, everyone else does also. It's good to know. It's good to know. Have you managed to have much time to work with the rookies, the guys coming in so far this year? You've got a nice edge rusher, I know, early on. Who have you been impressed by so far? Um... We actually we got a guy, we call him Project Pat. He, he's an amazing guy. He uh, dude's got a motor. Like dude's crazy quick. He's nice, fast. He's strong. We got Wormley. He's a great guy. He's going to be a, probably a good five-three technique. Um, who else we got? We just got a bunch of people, a bunch of guys. We got Bowser. We got Humphrey. We just a bunch of guys who just are ballers. Are you, you guys know? hearing it from Joe and the offense saying, well, hold on, you're getting all these picks, all these free agents, where's our help? Well, he got Jeremy Macklin, he got some <laughs> other, he got Mike Wallace, he's got Bashar Perriman, he's, he's got weapons. I mean, we got definitely some weapons. We got some tight end weapons also, even though Pitta did go down, but we got tight end weapons, we got Ben Watson, we got Crocker Gilmore, we got Nick Boyle, we got Max Williams. We, we've, the list goes on and Your on. Your roommate, Crocker Gilmore, yeah, of course. That's my homie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brother from another mother, for sure. So, uh, beautiful. Uh, look, you're coming out playing the Jags here at Wembley. What do you know about football? What do you know about Wembley, the, the venue you're playing in? I don't know much about it, but once I get here, I mean, once I, you know, I'll, I'll definitely learn up on it. I'll definitely, uh, I just can't wait to play here. I can't wait to see uh, just the fans, the rowdy fans. I want the hooligans out here. I want the crazy, you know, rugby guys, those crazy soccer fans. I want everybody out here talking smack, throwing beer, doing whatever they do, just having a great time watching some great football. You'll be amazed you'll see someone in every jersey of every team. There'll be Browns fans there, right? Oh, mean. yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll see every every type of jersey, everything. Um, but uh, as long as they're here having a great time, as long as they're here enjoying American football, that's all I care about. Look, Brandon, enjoy the rest of your off-season. Again, great catching up with you after I chat the Super Bowl. I do have one request. We heard that you did the uh, the Carlton dance yes. last night. Yes, is that going to be your sack celebration? If you get a sack at Wembley? Here it will be, yes. If I get a sack here, the Carlton will be br broken out. Now, I don't know why I've agreed to do to this, but would you be willing on camera for me and you to dance no. together? Uh, for, me and you, for me and you to dance? Yeah. You're going to dance with me? I'm going to dance with you for some reason. Oh, I've agreed to that. I, I think I can do that. Oh, God, right. So uh, we'll post this online at Gridiron on Twitter, at TalkSport2. Hold on, then. Uh, Brandon Williams speaking uh, with me and then dancing with me that yep. was a bit weird at the uh, NFL UK fan event and from a Ravens perspective it was interesting talking to him about the Zach Orr situation and him saying that he believes that if you've not seen Zach Orr has got a second opinion that says that he can continue to play football without it being essentially life-threatening and mm. he's going to try and get back into football so far a team hasn't touched him but 
he said very much that he would welcome him back in uh, in a heartbeat at Baltimore. Uh, yeah, he said that before he even got a chance to ask him the question. So clearly he was very keen on it. Um, but I, it just it amazes me when you have a player like that. We talked a bit about the, um, the friendlies as well, but who is so specifically important to what that scheme do because... He plays that one technique, that technique, that nose tackle in that three-four system, and it's so important there. But so often when they play with the the wide front, and he gets shifted off to that, uh, gets kind of shifted off in the nickel packages, ends up playing the the almost the end position and switching out to the to the three. Um, he can take up two blockers no problem he can actually get penetration he gets sacks he gets tackles for loss he's an unbelievable player and mm-hmm. I think he's so key to what they're going to do this year and for the Ravens it's just a shame that they've invested almost entirely on offense, on defence um, although they finally did bring in a wide receiver as Brandon Williams pointed out so maybe that's going to make the difference but I I still can't see them touching the Patriots right now I think they're in they're a long way behind. You always, you'll always get tit for tat in that AFC North, um, and teams taking games off each other. Probably apart from the Browns, although maybe the Browns will be a bit, bit better this season. But um, yeah, they're so stacked on defense, and I think that's they're basically hoping for defense and special teams to keep them in games, and then relying on Flacco's arm to Mike Wallace, and that's it. That's that's their game plan. Fair play to Marin Chillage, by the way, fighting back in this yeah. third set after his foot. We got on serve. Yeah, yeah. Got all uh, strapped back up. The best thing about your interview with Brandon the Williams is that he's about to be broken. Uh, the Will Gavin curse the best thing about the, the <laughs> do you know yesterday I was on radio yesterday afternoon I did the live racing on Match Day Live 2 on TalkSport 2 four hours horse racing is not a sport that two weeks ago I knew anything about it's not a sport and well okay that's uh, to be debated it's, and I, it's gambling and I sit on your side of the fence with it mostly but um, it's a sport that I've had to learn about very quickly over the last couple of weeks but we were doing reports on the cricket and Wimbledon and stuff as well and uh, I was talking we had John Norman on and, and I uh, we chatted to John who's our cricket correspondent and after we got off the line I, I looked at the stats Joe Root before he went out was I think he was 78 of 75 balls everyone else that day had managed yeah. 91 runs for 9 wickets at that point in the day including the South Africans and that only got worse afterwards but I basically went on this big barnstorming like uh, the captain pulling the team up by his bootstraps. What a performance. After his 190, the highest ever test got. Like, really, really big Joe Root up. Next ball he went. And, yeah, I've, I've developed somewhat of a of a ability recently to be able to... Do you know the incredible thing about downfall. The incredible thing about that is after you've spoken to John Norman, we on... I was working on Talk Sport with Sam Matterface. We got John Norman on for an update... Did a bit of a chat with John Norman. Sam came back in with a question, which I buzzed in his ear, going, Joe Root, he's, he's uh, scoring over one a ball. What a performance. Really dragging the team along. He he got out whilst we were speaking to John Norman. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, that synergy. Do you know the week before during the racing? This is totally inside. This is a hashtag office gossip. But... Uh, I, Sam apparently was he was doing the show upstairs I was doing the show downstairs again for the match day live 2 for the horse racing we had John on doing an update when a wicket fell Sam threw to John Norman before anyone had told him John was there while I was still chatting to him so Sam Matface went there's been a wicket John Norman and he just wasn't there because yeah. he was talking to me yeah. but somebody went in my ear Sam Sam's just thrown to John Norman while he's talking to you and <laughs> and like and so at the end of the conversation I was like John I know Sam Matterface is absolutely desperate to talk with you so I'm going to let you go uh, and apparently I got back to them and they all thought it was uh, very funny so has a bit more office gossip has Sam Ellard uh, forgiven me for being mean to him I don't know is he actually upset Do you know, he is upset because James Savundra liked the the banter tweet. Oh. And Sam Ellard asked him to unlike it. He asked him to unlike <laughs> yeah. it. Oh my god. That is pathetic. Incredible. Oh wow. Uh, if you want to no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, it's just a very sensitive person in the office. That's yeah. all. You're listening to the Grand Show in association with Touchdown Trips. Let's get reset and back on it. Uh the second game in the international oh, series. I was going to say the thing I liked about that oh, Brand- yeah, yeah. Brandon Williams interview was you uh, we went. To, we were on the um, playing fields of this school, 
uh, I can't remember the name of the school, um, but uh, all of the media are in the same place, and you had cameras being set up by various media outlets and Sports Centre, uh, ESPN were doing live hits with the players on US TV on US TV live hits f- for their breakfast shows, and um, you and Brandon Williams were in the way of this live hit that they were about to do with with the Honey Badger, and. Um, Nat came over to me and said, look, can you just get them to move out of the shop? Because my producer is going crazy that you're in the way and he's he's losing it. He's freaking out. He's kind of in it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's fine. So I don't know whether you remember. You probably won't be able to tell from the audio, but there's a point where I just tap Shuffle you us along. and I do this, like yeah. uh, wave yeah, yeah. you guys along. I do, I do remember that, and I didn't realise. I knew, I knew why because when you pointed out, I realised. But I mean, we just went. I went where the guy from the Ravens yeah. told us to stand, so I stood there. I bet Nat's annoyed about that. No, 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 he was fine about it. He's sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was laughing. He was. He put all the blame on um on his uh, weedy producer. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, right. So the second game up at, Wem- at Wembley is the Saints taking on the Miami Dolphins. That's going to be a cracking game. And we spoke with Alex Jenkins, and I said earlier, his story is, is fascinating how he got into the NFL, similar to the conversation we had with Alex Gray previously. And, I mean, really, we should just let him give a little bit of his own background and, uh, and hear from uh, Alex Jenkins, defensive end for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Alex Jenkins, one of the players who came through the, I'm going to get this right, NFL International Player Pathway Programme. British player playing out in the NFL I mean living the dream with the New Orleans Saints yeah exactly that's exactly what it is living the dream you know being a professional athlete has always been a dream of mine but to be able to do it in the NFL and be British is just uh, it's just it's hard to explain into words how great it really is people who don't know your story your history just tell us a bit about your background so I was a soccer player for most of my life in England um, just like most kids in the UK um, big for a soccer player <laughs> yeah I was a little bit skinnier back then I was a striker but um got to a point where I realized that this wasn't going to be a profession for me so I looked into other outlets and what I did really was I just literally googled American football I had a lot of exposure to the game like sporadically in my life like through movies TV shows highlights on YouTube so I googled it and said I looked at these guys I go wow you know their body types are similar to mine like I could be that if I worked hard for maybe five years and here I am five years later in the NFL with the Saints it's great what was your first amateur experience of NFL or Britball experience um, so I, I played for the um, Bristol Aztecs that was the team that um, you know nurtured me for the six months before I got my um, scholarship to the United States so yeah Bristol Aztecs and I trained with uh, Phil McBride in Bristol as well it's unique it's interesting we've, we've had uh, Alex uh, Gray on the show previously and heard his story but it is unique that you have been out you got your college scholarship and actually you went out and played college football yeah it is unique you know all of us have different stories Alex's situation definitely very difficult the situation he was in to be able to make it but thanks to the international player program he's been given an opportunity but yeah you know for me the, the biggest achievement was getting a scholarship and being able to go to school and being able to play this game that I love as well so it's uh, definitely something very unique but you know I love it what have been your early experiences at the Saints through OTAs and in the early parts of mini camps uh, it's just you know learning the system meeting new people meeting the staff like learning what's expected of you as being a Saint and you know, being introduced to the fan base which is an amazing fan base by the way I love the fans really loyal fans in New Orleans um, so yeah and obviously just learning how to be a pro and be an NFL player well it's been the biggest difference in the training in that like it's it because it is a huge step up from the college game so as far as like my training uh, I've always been very intense I've always known that to be able to play this game in the states at this level I have to be better than the man in front of me or beside me to even be given the opportunity to look at me so as far as practices go um, the biggest difference between college football that I would see is just the speed the speed of the game is incredible it's just mind-blowing to see some of the guys how big they are how fast they move and you know that's something you have to get used to in transitioning but it's something that I'm getting used to the more you know the playbook the slower the game becomes how far off are you do you think from you know breaking breaking away from the practice squad I know that can't happen this year but obviously the, well, okay 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 Okay, but that level of confidence, I like <laughs> a lot. Though. But the, the, obviously, the goal is to make the team. How far away do you think you are from that? 
I think I can. I, I honestly believe I could have made the team this. I could could make the team this year. I think I could make the team next year. So it's just, it's just something you have to. You have to be hungry. You have to take the. You have to make the most of your reps. You have to be attentive, and you have to be. You have to be on fire at practice. You know. It's just something I believe that I can do. You know, I've got this far, and nothing's going to stop me. So, have you had much interaction at the moment? I, I mean, I'm interested whether you've been more with the special teams, more with the actually on the defensive side of the ball. Because, I mean, the position you're coming in defensive end, they've got a player in Cameron Jordan there who I think is one of the best in the league and, and underrated for my money. Yeah, definitely. Cameron's definitely an underrated player. Pretty annoyed that he wasn't on the uh, top 100 this year, but. Um, He's also the he is. He, yeah, he isn't. But you know, he, he's a player that's you know who, who, who during this first uh, OTAs in minicamp he took me under his wing as well. And he's teaching me how to be a pro as well. But you know, as far as like playing with the different parts of the team, you know, I've got a fair amount of people, uh, team reps and defense, and but I've got a lot of reps in special teams. You know, that's definitely a, an aspect of the game. I know that I can be a starter on in multiple packages and you know that's a way to be a player in the league and it's a legitimate way and it helps the team win and you know it's a great opportunity from a football perspective what's the best lesson you've learned from someone doesn't need to be Camden, Cameron Jordan but anyone on that team they've taught you like a new technique a way that you've learned to adapt your game that's really seen a big improvement over these few weeks I it may sound strange but Cam's good advice to me was slow down was just slow down think about what you're doing and um you know be a pro and it, it doesn't it might not make sense to you guys but like when I'm at practice and you're doing drills and stuff you just feel like you have to be as fast and as aggressive as possible but technique is super important you know if you want to be able to if you want the coach to see that you're ready to play so technique slow down I'm interested about the dynamic between uh, a practice squad member and you know the full squad it, it, are you guys like a tight-knit group um, is there much integration I know Cam took you under his wing but is there much integration between the, t the two sets or is it because you, you're you're a British guy he's 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 especially taken you under his wing no there's no there's no uh, separation between us you know we're all in the same locker room we're all you know we're wearing the same colours we're all in the same field together so no yeah it's uh, being a British guy it's just kind of it's just kind of where I'm from really it doesn't really change that I'm a rookie and I'm a player who wants to play so Cam sees that you know, he wants to help me. He wants to help me um, be successful. You know, he wants the team to be successful as well. So yeah. Have you had much interaction with the big dog, Drew Brees? <laughs> Not yet. I did a, we did some um, some throwing after practice. You know, he likes to. He's such a gunslinger. He'll throw it into the into a helmet from 50 yards away. So I threw it back to him a few times. He's a bit he's a bit too untouchable for me right now. But you know, <laughs> to me personally, someone like Adrian Peterson is someone who, oh, man. who he's actually one of the reasons I started playing this game and you know I've had a lot of interaction with him and he's a great guy and you know he wants to train with me as well in the off season so it's great look the big one British player the Saints are coming out you used to play soccer as it is to them football to us there is a chance that you know if things progress in a certain way whether it is injuries whether it is your chance to play on the squad the team are coming out playing at Wembley the home of football this year I mean that is just a level above anything else I know it's just incredible. You know, some people ask me, it's like, if you had an opportunity to play anywhere in the world with the Saints, where would it be? And I said London. You know, and it's just crazy that the year that I make it to the NFL is the year that the Saints are in London and the international series is going on. So my family can finally come see a game because they've never even come to a game or been exposed to it yet. So it's just an incredible opportunity. I found him a really, really nice chap. I found him really interesting, Alex Jenkins. I, I thought he was great. What I really liked about him, and I know he moved over to the States a little bit later than some of the other guys like Jim, Jermaine Illuminor, Obi Melinfonwa, uh, some of those other guys, Jay Ajayi. He still retained his English accent, and you can tell as well that he has a little West Country lilt, that he's from Bath, that area. Um, yeah, he was really, really interesting. And one of the things that interests me most, I got it wrong with the whole... Uh, they're not eligible to play. I th I'm sure I read that somewhere, but perhaps, I mean, he was winking at me during that whole answer that that he is trying to make a spot on the roster. But the other thing was that the fact that he's now on a team with his hero, Adrian Peterson, which I think is amazing. Yeah. And um, being looked after by Cam Jordan, or is it Jordan Cameron? I always forget. Uh, and also 
you know, dealing with and, and, and working with Adrian Peterson, it's a dream for this guy. And then he has the chance, and I bet you, I bet he makes the roster for that first game because you can do in it you can do infinite roster changes can't you up until a certain point of the season where you can sub guys in from the practice squad onto your roster and then it gets fixed i think it's after week eight or week nine something like that um you reckon he's gonna get bumped up to the squad for i really that game. do it was a bit like bring him in for a couple of snaps somewhere if you're dominating it's a bit like when against the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Great work. It's a bit like... I knew you'd like that. <laughs> it's a bit like when the Raiders came and played and uh, Menelik Watson kept being uh, brought on as a designated receiver. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. And if they'd just thrown in the ball once, that would have been absolutely It would have been incredible, yeah. Genuinely hilarious. Uh, I don't have one for the Saints, unfortunately. I was hoping I might have like an... Oh, or something like that. I've got one for the, for the Cleveland Browns. But yeah. I don't have one for them. Yeah. I, this is, I literally, I, you know what's happened? I haven't looked at this app in a very long time, but I just remember it had animal sounds in it. Uh, let's uh, hear from, <laughs> the, we, like, we're not going to do any in-depth saints. And what we are going to do, which is going to be, we're going to do a series of t- two shows, maybe more, with Simon Clancy and with Matt Sherry, where we're going to pick a Hall of Famer from each current NFL team. Because I was reading an article the other day, and I look back at the numbers. The average number of Hall of Famers starting in any season in the NFL is between 45 and 55. There's been like one season, uh, and, and you, you're only allowed to go back to like 2004 mm-hmm. or something like that, because obviously if you go more recently than that, people haven't had time to get into the Hall of Fame yet. Yep. But if you go back a, a reasonable amount of time, anywhere between 45 and 55 starts, which means most have two Hall of Famers if you average it out. But... Every team will have at least one. So we're going to go through. And so we're picking a Hall to... of Famer that's not a Hall of Famer at the moment, but we know will be one. Yeah, so I mean... So, so Green like, Bay so will be Aaron Rodgers. Yes, and, and those are the obvious ones. I think we should try and strike out and do something, try and pick... Like, when we do the Patriots, let's not do Tom Brady or Rob Gronkowski. Let's pick somebody else. Julian Edelman. Not Julian Edelman. Uh, I mean, it, it, and by the way... I. W- MMQB, <laughs> 10 Things Podcast, the the best X's and O's podcast out there. We bring a little bit of mirth. We get some great interviews. They are the best X's and O's podcast out there. They do their top 10 positional rankings for the year, uh, and they go through and they do it AP poll style, so the two members of the podcast vote, and plus their uh, researcher as well. Julian Edelman came the 13th on their poll. Yeah, probably that's about right. I, I, the thing, my whole thing is I've just always said he's not a top 10 receiver <laughs> I've always said he's a great receiver he's just not a top 10 receiver no, I think he might be about the 10th best in, in the league <laughs> you're making me really angry <laughs> uh, yeah so let's hear from Miami Dolphins Kenny Stills you spoke with Kenny yeah what did you speak to him about um, <laughs> not much not, yeah not much he, it was it was un, it was annoying because it was more poorly uh, so one guy got about two minutes and then I got about two and a half minutes and then someone else came in for two minutes it was it was at the end of the day he was tired uh, I asked him about Gase he was int- it was interesting about Gase about Jay Jai um, the wide receiving corps and how they are um, do you remember what the last question was from the person before you that's basically what I need to know no I don't remember <laughs> well let's hear what Kenny Stills has to say and you can guess what the question was Jay's been a uh, huge contributor on our team and uh, a great leader for our running backs and so uh, you know obviously we're, we're all just trying to build on what we did last year and the receivers know if we block for him he's going to make a big play and so uh, you know it's, it's fun to watch him do his thing in a league where people talk a lot about Elliott's uh, impact and Bell and Johnson at Arizona do you think Jay can now join those guys as the best of the league yeah you know teams are really uh, really have to focus on Jay now you know because of what he did last year and so you know that helps out the receivers and, and vice versa and so uh you know, his presence is definitely felt on the football field. What's it going to take to dislodge New England as the top of the AFC? Just exactly what it takes to beat every other team. You know, to go out there and play good, sound football and, and uh, you know, play hard all four quarters. Good. You're going up against the New Orleans Saints when you come, come over here in the autumn. A former team of yours, how much are you looking forward to that? Um, you know, for us, it's just another game on our schedule, you know, and our, we, we really just talk about, you know, taking things one game at a time, and, and the next game is always our biggest game, and so that's how it'll be, you know, when we play the Saints. Talk to me about Drew Brees, future Hall of Famer. Yes, definitely. Uh, everyone knows that. 
he's a great player. He's a great leader. Um, you know, I, I learned a lot from him. You know, in my time in New Orleans, and uh, obviously, I, I wish the best for him. Adam Gase, head coach. What does he bring to the team that's, that was different to previous regimes? He's just a he's a fiery competitor, you know, and uh, you know he, he wants us to compete every day at practice and and really just you know try and improve and, and grow each and every day. And so, um, you know, he's a great coach. Devontae Parker, Jar- Jarvis Landry, yourself. Is there a lot of rivalry or is it friendly friendly banter? What what what's it like being in, a, in such a, a potentially dominant wide receiving core? We uh, really just, you know, take it upon ourselves to push each other and, and get better, you know, each and every day. And so um, I wouldn't say it's a rivalry, but, you know, we have a ton of, you know, respect for each other and we know, you know, what we're capable of doing. So if we push each other, we can be a special group. And so, you know, the better each and every one of us are, you know, the better the team is. And Julius Thomas coming in as well. I mean, he had a poor season last season. Be excited to be working alongside him and, and the different options that he could bring to the team. It's always it's always great to add another uh, skill position player that can make big plays and you know he's comfortable in our offense he, he knows coach Gaze in this offense and so um, yeah we're excited to see what we can do you know we have a you know a ton of pieces uh, in place on offense and defense and so we just got to go out there and put it together each and every week and, and uh, try and get some victories and up in practice uh, taking on players like Ndamukong Sue what was he like at, one in practice but also in the in the locker room what, what kind of guy is he uh, Sue's a great guy. He works hard. He's a leader on our team, and uh, we know what we're going to get from him, you know, each and every week. And so, uh, you know, the guys around him, he, he brings them, you know, he brings them up. He brings up their level of play, and, and uh, you know, we, we've got some, some some good pieces on our defense as well. Uh, so that was the first set of interviews from the NFL Summer Bowl. Coming up on the next show, we'll have Joel Batonio. We great will guy. have yeah, Joel Batonio was, and Johnny Hecker was really good fun as well. He loved that I was in a, a, a fellow ginger. Didn't he high five you? He high five me for being a fellow ginger. <laughs> but it was the most awkward high five oh no because he went to high five me but I had equipment in my hands and I realised too late and then I like switched my mic to my other hand and then went to high five him but I, by that point he thought I'd mugged him off started to take his hand away then kind of went oh like realised <laughs> so I kind of went for a high five and it was like a really tepid really oh. shit high five like lame yeah it was really really poor so all in all poor from you it was it was very punterific but it was a really interesting interview uh, like he really had some in-depth stuff to talk about Jared Goff etc so it was quite fascinating so him Joel Petonio and Tyron Matthew, the full interview with him as well. So that's all coming up on the next show. We have, as we sat down to do this, and uh, what Roger Federer is on, Championship Point? Second Champ- Championship yeah, Point. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just about to see. So we uh, we'll put the surround sound on and, yeah, and hear, the hear the winning moment. Look at that. Bit of surround sound for you. I don't know how that's going to sound on the microphones, but we're just going to take a pause for a moment and, and listen to this. Here we go. Served. It's a let. Oh, it's a let! It was a long from Chilich on the return. Federer now. Down the middle. Ace. Ace. Oh, what a guy. What a guy. But eight-time Wimbledon champion, 19-time Grand Slam champion, came back from having not won a Grand Slam since 2014 and has won two out of three so far this year. What a guy. What a great guy. Absolutely incredible. Is there much worse in sport, though, than Federer fans who wear the RF hats and stuff? Get away. No, do you know what there is? It's people who wear car branded F1 merchandise oh, so they wear like a, a Ferrari hat but they drive a Skoda Octavia that's a great shout they're, that is a great they're the worst they are the worst uh, and if anyone's listening who does that I'm sorry but you're the worst bleh. the worst <laughs> the worst I like that that's good um Right, we did what did ask, you say? Uh, I, I said fan watch, I think. I thought you did. I, it wasn't good. I really thought you said sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is he saying sandwich? I am, I just, I am a bit hungry. I just better check. This, this Krabby's has gone to my head. Um, the sandwich is never complete. Do you, know who, do you know who followed me this morning on Twitter? Uh, nope. Tim Kingsbury. Who's that? The bassist from Arcade Fire. All right, mate. I mean... <laughs> I've just seen it. I you're the realize. worst person ever at the moment. 14 hours ago. <laughs> uh, there was one person you shouldn't tell about that yes there is very much is. shut your mouth uh, we did we put out a question saying that we're doing a podcast today and ask of questions but we didn't really push it very hard so we had one person reply with a gift just going what <laughs> being surprised that we were doing a show and Neil Dusson asked a question but my problem with this question it's a great question except they asked it on um, 
the Around the NFL podcast last week. Oh, really? And so I, I don't want to repeat other people's content. That's my problem. But I'll just ask you the question. Who would you get to present you for enshrinement in the Hall of Fame? Ooh. So he said, obviously, Mainzy from their show Waxing Lyrical would pick Dutt, for example. Oh, you know who I would get? It's a guy that I really respect. I've been working with him for a while. Um, really, really good guy. He's, he's, I don't know, he may, maybe put on a bit of weight over the last couple of years or so. <laughs> Is it Darren Goff? Got married last, <laughs> got married a couple of years ago. He's ginger. Um, a guy that I spend, I pretty, I pretty much see every day. Adrian Durham. Adrian Durham. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good, very good. <laughs> Who would you get? I don't know. I don't. Would you get wind from Arcade Fire? Your new best My friend. My new best mate. <laughs> if he was available, absolutely, one hundred percent. If not, I'd ask Paolo Bandini because I love him. Oh my God, Paolo! Uh, Paolo's doing the NFL show this week. Oh, is he? Yeah, I love Paolo. Um, tell me, me though, is it? No, it's never you. It's never me. <laughs> I was speaking to Dan McGoogly. I always forget uh, his surname. From Gridiron Gents. From yeah. Gridiron Gents. Good podcast. Good guys. Good, great guys. And uh, he asked a question, which I then said, you should do that on your podcast, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal the question anyway. Uh, who in the NFL would you most like to be fully tackled by? Who's the smallest person in the NFL? Johnny Hecker was pretty slender. He could fully tackle me, and I, I don't think I'd even feel it. I'd pick a punter, because they're not big guys. Yeah, Stefan Diggs isn't a big guy. Stefan Diggs is a great shout. But the thing is, he then said, look, if I'm going to get fully taken out, I want it to proper count. So I'm going to uh, pick... Ah, it's a good point. I'm going to pick... Well, he wanted... To, he was like, Honey Badger's a unit. You know, he's he's fantastic. Maybe him. One of the most aggressive and yeah. dominant players in the NFL. Yeah, that's a really good shout. If it's going to be on camera, if it's got to be filmed and it's going to happen, and I'm wearing pads and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want it to be somebody proper. You want it to be... Oh, who would... The thing is, I think I might have picked DeMarcus Ware before this year, but he's obviously not in the league There's anymore. only one person. Von Miller. He, and he's a wanker. Von... <laughs> I don't know who you mean. And Dominican Sue. Yeah, Dominican Sue's a great shout. Yeah, I think that he would be great. Um, uh, anyone... Uh, do you know what? Like a legend, if Patrick Willis was still in the league. Yeah. Patrick Willis. Yeah. Yeah, I think he wanted to be a proper player, someone who's going to actually wipe you out. That's a great question. Well done, Dan. You're a great guy. Yeah. yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, this has been a meandering, wandering podcast. The Gridiron Show, sponsored by our good friends at Touchdown Trips. Do go and check them out. Please go and like them on Facebook, like them on Twitter, uh, follow them on Twitter. Give them all that love. Give them all the love that you give us because Ben deserves it. He works incredibly hard and gives incredible deals out as well. And also, uh, just as a personal plea, while I'm being a terrible human being, um, I'm trying to get my Instagram game up. Sports people don't really. Seriously, you actually doing sports this? Sports people don't really like Instagram. You're actually doing this I'm right now. I'm just saying, could like we give our personal Twitter accounts at Will Gav. I'm the same on Instagram at Will Gav. Just go and give me a little follow there, please, because okay. I could really do with a podcast bump on Instagram. I'm just going to unfollow you. <laughs> I deserve that. I absolutely deserve that. <laughs> I can't believe you've just done that. Uh, well, you really are a horrendous human being. Follow Ollie as well, even though he's boring. I'm not bo- uh, How am I boring? You're not. You're more excited than me. Then my Instagram's full. It's great. Mine's getting there. It's getting more exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh, all of these Arcade Fire pictures <laughs> right next to the stage. Yeah, all right, shut up. You make me sick. Uh, Ollie, any final thoughts? No. In, in which case, we'll have another show out later this week with the other interviews, and then we'll start on our Hall of Fame players from current teams, and then we'll be doing fantasy, and then we'll be building up to the season proper. It's all coming your way. This has been The Gridiron Show. <laughs>